This week on the Push Rollers podcast, we chat about switching careers, how to set yourself apart from other PTs, and we've got some hilarious, stupid things on online content. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Three, two, one. And we need to uh, de- detox this, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on? I actually thought you'd fucked up then. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, golly, golly, oh, golly. All good. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, bud? How was? Uh, let's. Everybody wants to know about your photo shoot. Obviously. Yeah, I I turned up. I had some photos taken of me half naked, and then that was it. Yeah. In a car in a park. park. In a car park. Uh, yeah. So we kind of. Um, yeah, it's, it's been good actually. So on Sunday we had. I went and shot with uh, Simon Howard. Came to Bath, so we shot with Simon Howard. Um, it was, yeah, fitness photographer, very very good. And then straight afterwards we had our videographer that we work with do. Uh, a couple of videos with us in the gym that evening and then he also took us out last night in bath late at night to derelict car parks and mm. derelict alleyways and stuff and took pictures which was a bit weird and but um yeah got some good shots so basically got an asbo, right absolutely yeah um but yeah i know it's good and like i think it's the first time it's the first time after something like this that i've really kind of felt straight away that i feel good and i'm going to go straight into my next goal and straight into things and i think before i've always felt a little bit somewhat lost potentially um but i've i've kind of feel really in control of things um and a few people have asked obviously we talked briefly about what i was going to do post um shoot and stuff so i just thought i would go over what i've done with you all just in the interest of um keeping it real i suppose um because i think it is important that like you know people understand what happens after a show and I've never uh, heard you say that uh, phrase before, by the way. That was, oh, that was my laughter, keeping it real. Yeah, obviously, I have overindulged a little bit in food, but again, it's the most in control I felt about the whole situation um, going into my next thing that I'm going to do. Um, so, yeah, basically, the day after the shoot, um, I ate 2,700 calories, so again, not a lot stuck to pretty much what I should be doing the next day after that so that was this was yesterday I had 2,900 calories um because I was in the office those two days so it's kind of you're just getting on with stuff and today was the first day that I've been at home for the day uh and so today was my day I went a little bit crazy uh not gonna lie um so I went and had a McDonald's breakfast oh yeah been really craving that so I I went and had a McDonald's breakfast uh the cheesy flatbread is very very good yeah uh as a little side dish for a double sausage egg muffin and a sausage egg bagel with three hash browns um so that was my breakfast and then um I also went to Krispy Kremes because I'm a relative Krispy Kreme virgin um what? when I say that, I'm, I'm not a virgin at all with Krispy Kremes I've had but I only ever have the gla- the raspberry glazed donut which is really nice it's just like a normal donut but very very nice um, so I went in there and I thought, oh, I'll just get a couple or a few. Realized they're about two pound a pop and that you can buy 12 or 13 quid. So I was like, ah, I was like, okay, well, I might as well get 12 then. Um, and I have to say, I was actually disappointed. I've, th- I've thrown three of them away. Ooh. I was actually quite disappointed. So I got the Reese's peanut butter one thinking, oh, it's going to have a mouthful of Reese's peanut butter in the middle. All right. 
and I had the same feeling about the Bischoff one. I was like, oh, it's got yeah, Bischoff spread it's got in, it. Bischoff like, in it. It's going to have Bischoff. Oh my god, it's going to be incredible. No, it's just like it's just like whipped cream, and it's just like a hint of a flavour of peanut butter or biscuit, and it was just like for the calories that are in it, it's four hundred calories a donut, by the way. So I was like, I bought James. twelve. I, I threw three of them away because I was like, they weren't that good. So. Um, yeah, today I've, I've eaten, uh, 4,800 calories today, um, which <laughs> is a lot, but I, do you know what though? I actually, I, and again, like when you add that up and you think, you know, most people the night of a photo shoot or after a shoot would probably consume nearly 10,000 calories. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 that's me done pretty much like, to, like again, last couple of days I've had normal breakfasts, just have what I've been eating normally. Um, so yeah, I'll be back on it tomorrow. Uh, and they're the only two things really that I really kind of fancied. Um, but yeah, the Krispy Kremes, mate, I'm so disappointed. I'm, I, would, I wouldn't buy them again. Like, I would never spend 13 quid again on 12 donuts. Um, actually, for me, the Raspberry Glaze is still the best one. The only one that was, not, uh, that was a pleasant surprise was the Nutella one because it actually was Nutella in there. That's what I was so confused about. I was like, well, hang on. If that one has got actual Nutella in it, why have the others not? Anyway... Um, it's a bit odd. But yeah, no, I thought it was a bit odd. But um, yeah, that's me done. So tomorrow back on everything and I start my new training plan tomorrow, um, which I've written up. So yeah, basically I am smashing my chest and my shoulders and my arms twice a week and doing back and legs once a week because they're my strong areas. So that's it. I don't know why I told you all that. I just thought I'd get out of it. <laughs> Everybody wanted to know, mate. We all asked. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's important to, like I said, to, to know this sort of stuff because we are human. Like I was craving McDonald's breakfast for quite a while. Really fancied it. So I had that. Um, yeah. To be honest, I could probably fit McDonald's breakfast, like just one item with a hash brown in, into my macros anyway on a normal day. Um, but I just really fancied it. So I went and had it. But yeah, I'm actually glad I had the Krispy Kremes because actually I now would walk past there and go, no, I'm not getting one. Yeah. I'd rather have a cinnamon bun from Nordic Bakery. Yeah, I'm like it's never really enticed me because they have them in like Tesco and stuff, and they uh, sometimes. And but you can just buy. It. I know this is probably blasphemy, but you can buy like Tesco donuts and stuff like that from the yeah, bakery. No, so yeah, I'm not like I said that to Laura. I was like, actually, after having them, I was like, so, I don't, I wouldn't bother anymore. I'd just get those. Just, Honestly, like I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, especially a, like I've been like in the states. So we went to Dunkin' Donuts and they were class. But I don't know whether that's a different. I think in America breed. Must, there must be loads must better. Be. I think, yeah, um, because everyone in Chris, everyone bangs on like Krispy Kremes in America. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, I just think it. I was just really underwhelmed by them all. But um, I'll tell you what, though, if you're doing a ten thousand calorie challenge, just do it in those donuts because they're so easy to eat. Like you literally feel like you're eating air. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing to them. Um, okay. Yeah, no. So that's me. Um, that's what I've done today, and then tomorrow I'm back on yeah, two thousand five hundred, two thousand seven hundred calories, something like that back on training um and then when yeah just gonna basically laura's still dieting now for the next six weeks so just to be a somewhat pleasant uh, person <laughs> to be around i'm going to make sure that i make things as easy as possible for her so she'll still be eating chicken and veg for dinners and stuff which i'll be doing and same i'm not gonna buy loads of amazing food and leave it in the fridges and stuff because it's just not a very nice thing to do <laughs> um having been in that position before sure so I'll be um, I'll be supplementing my uh, my food, my dinner and stuff with cereal because she doesn't really, she's not a huge fan of cereal, so I can do that. What? Mad, mm. absolutely mad. And um, yeah, I, I got the um, so for my um, to carve up for the shoot, I I bought some Reese's puffs. Ooh, really, cool. really impressed with them. 
Really impressed. Nice. Okay. You know, like, you know, like the um, the peanut butter clusters are just a bit too like yeah, uh, just a bit. Yeah, they're they're like they're 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 Reese's puffs are what you would hope that the peanut butter clusters would have been like. Okay. Just delicate enough, very sweet, delicate enough peanut taste. Yeah, I recommend getting some. Five pound a box, but for me, it's one of those things when you're a cereal connoisseur, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, I mean, I can't remember when we did our last cereal episode, but I'm sure we'll have to do a year. We'll have to do maybe a yearly we one, like we? A, Maybe we should do a get-together. Maybe we should do a, a, a one live in, in together. Cereal. We just get loads of cereal in and then line them up and just go through one <laughs> Taste testing them. Um, yeah, that could that could be a thing. We could do that. Um, easy, easily done. Um, yeah, we might as well go on to topics. We've got some, so we should. Uh, yeah, I actually planned it. a little bit this one. I know slightly. Um, so what we got? So we we'll talk about like switching careers a little bit. As per, I think we got a oh yeah a little email f- uh, through Dan. Dan doesn't have much of a life. Um, who... Yeah, I got. Um... <laughs> We've got an email from Laura Brown, so she'll be shocked because I haven't replied to her email. I've just decided to do it on the podcast. So. And this will this will be going straight up as well. She'll hear uh, this. Yeah, I'm she'll afraid this is um, on a Wednesday so. because uh, yeah, my girlfriend decided to book a gig last minute, and was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go. So can I just can I just let you guys know by the way, if the podcast is ever delayed by it's, a day, or two, <laughs> it's my fault. It is always Tom's fault. <laughs> I'm always ready on a Tuesday night. Like I block it out of my diary. Nothing else gets booked in ever. It's always Tom. So just so you know where the priorities lie here, guys. Um, so yeah, I had an email from Laura Brown, and the title of the subject was "Help!" Exclamation mark. I was like, I was like, brilliant. This could be. <laughs> this is serious. And she put, "Hi Dan. Apologies for the dramatic subject line." I was like, "That's a letdown." Um, <laughs> Made you, cl- made you open it, though. So. The, the, first line, the first line read, I know you'll be insanely busy, but, well, I'm not uh, that busy. No, uh, definitely yeah, not. Yeah, obviously <laughs> um, anyway, so the long and short of it is that Laura is looking for a change in career. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's, that's a cool thing to do. Um, obviously wants to enter the fitness industry i've just realized i hope laura doesn't mind us naming dropping her uh it's too late now um <laughs> i'm sure she won't mind um so will we uh, definitely will edit it out definitely <laughs> <not>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so basically yeah she's developed a huge passion for training nutrition she's got a qualification in nutrition uh, and wants to make the the change over to become what's the qualification is there a particular qualification in nutrition or just uh, she got the yeah, applied nutrition supplementation qualification. Cool. Um, so she's made a decision. However, she's a bit unclear about the steps to take. Uh, considered doing a PT course. However, I've heard a few people say that level three PT course isn't very valuable. Hmm. I feel like online coaching is the route I want to go, but I also feel like I need one-to-one experience first in order to do this well. I'd appreciate any advice you have on how to make the shift and get started in the industry at a later stage of life and any steps I should take in terms of mentoring, business coaching, etc. So I thought, you know what? Who better to ask than Tom? <laughs> yeah, what? What about switching careers? Um, well, no, just because you're involved in, you not, know, employing people. <laughs> um, but I thought it'd be really good to kind of, as a broad subject to talk about, really, about, I guess, getting into the industry, um, building up experience, knowing what to expect, but also then finding your niche and understanding where your niche are and how to kind of reach them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, uh, first off, um, I guess we feel like we've probably talked about this a hell of a lot in terms of level three and I'm involved in education for PTs, right? So 
but I don't think I've ever said it's a waste of time. Um, I've said it's like getting your training wheels um, more than anything else. It's like it's like learning to drive a car. Like you, you're not a good driver as soon as you've learned to drive your car. I think people say it's a waste of time probably because they. they because because the information on it maybe isn't like it's not really hugely applicable and it's maybe stuff you don't use every single day but then, uh, you know but but you've then, just got to jump through the hoops right but then what's coming out right now and i know it's something that i know i want to get to do in the future but probably phil Lerney's beating me to it right now because uh, he's older than me and got more money um is creating a level three based on what he thinks it should be uh, through the ACA, which I am fully for, because that is, a, as far as I'm concerned, a huge gap in market. If, if, but only if it's marketed well and people go do it, because there's, mm. there's still going to be like the reps or Premier is actually in terms of Premier, like Premier Global, they've just paired with the the NSEA. So, and as far as I'm concerned, some of the, the NSEA is like the the governing body in America, which is does all the CSCS or CSPT or whatever that stuff is. So they've instantly gone up in my estimation just from pairing themselves with that. Um, so I think, and then the, like the, there's the other ones like, um, I know you'll do men do one if you're in London. Um, who else do them? There's like Active, IQ, I- don't know. Active IQ might do it. They're an accredited like source, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're still like... Is it lifestyle or life fitness or something like that? Um, and then there's what's the, just YMCA. Um, mm. But the, the important thing is um, where you've got to look at this is it is still an insurance-based thing. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with doing the PT. And especially thinking of recruitment, um, I have written essentially so how... TS, so first base recruit now, is based off a day that I've written in terms of like practical application and basically business interviews that I've got nothing to do with. Um, but within that, you'll be assessed on a hell of a load of stuff. And if, to be honest, it probably favours the older person with a bit more life experience, but that's speaking from my facility and maybe we're a little bit more high end. I think when you're maybe switching careers, you've already got a hell of a lot of life experience. Therefore, you know how to interview. Therefore, you know how to talk to people properly. And you'll be way more prepped than some of the young people. Um, I think I probably would have struggled in one of these recruitment things if I was younger. Um, just because of the amount of questions and trying to overcomplicate things and really keeping it simple. Um, and you're a moron. And I'm a moron. Wait, didn't I got employed before you, Dan? Only about like a day or something. Three weeks. <laughs> <sighs> Three um, weeks. Yeah, I think it's one of those where I do think that, you know, being older, I don't think that, that affects, I don't think that really puts you at, 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 at detri- any detriment. I, I think, think, no. I think a lot of the, I think you have to remember what, like, I know, um, I know, like I said in, in, in the email, Laura mentioned about doing online coaching and stuff. And I think it's important that, you understand understand the, the demographic that you're looking to work for. So if if I'm in between the age of 30s or 40 and I'm starting to do, put, and I want to start PT, I think you are in possibly one of the best positions to start. Uh, the reason being that you can relate to every single one of your clients more than likely. So in London, for example, 
every single one of my clients was probably over the age of 35. All of them were definitely over the age of 30. I reckon most of them probably, there was only very few who were between 30 and 35. So straight away, you're instantly more relatable to those people. You understand their struggles with their life, their schedule, their family, their friends, their social life. You understand what they what they want to get out of training. You understand, you know, the how maybe how they want to train, their aches and pains, how often they can train. Compared to a young gun, 22, 23 year old who just thinks it's okay to beast everyone. Can't really relate to to the person who just wants to, to train to be a bit healthier and play with their kids or whatever. So I think straight away I think you're in a, a very strong position. I think you need to understand the demographics that pay for certain services. So online coaching is typically younger. Typically your age range you're looking for is 25 to 34. Like if I had to look at all the people that follow me on social media, majority of my clients are between the age of 25 to 34. They probably can't quite afford a personal trainer, but they want some sort of guidance. So online coaching is the affordable way to do that. Um, and also at that age, people probably, uh, think they know what they're doing a bit more than they do when they're older they're prepared to to try it themselves and that sort of stuff so i think i think straight away off the bat i think you just think about the demographic you want to work with and i think you have to be able to relate to them so there's a reason why most of my clients are aged between 25 and 34 it's because i'll slap bang in the middle of how old i am and <laughs> you know it's, it's you can relate to those people so i think that's what you need to think about and the, and the demographic you're going to go after so say 35 to 45 they are your prime one-to-one PT candidates. They've got the money, um, they've got the busy lifestyle, uh, and they know it's important for them at that age to train. And they need someone there to help them to train well. They understand the benefit of paying money to get guidance um, because it's probably the sort of job they're in themselves. They understand that you know paying someone to help is often the best thing to do. So straight away, before we even talk about qualifications, I think, in my opinion... I would certainly look at probably doing one-to-one over online. Uh, that's not to say you can't do online. It's to say that I would probably focus on doing one-to-one and maybe look at like some sort of hybrid model. Once you've got enough clients, you can then start going, okay, I'm going to train you once a week in the gym, and then two times a week you're going to do your sessions that I'm going to set for you, and we're going to catch up about how that's going. Um, I, that's just what I would straight off the bat, without knowing huge amounts about you, um, more than what was just in that email, what I would think would be the best way of going about it. Yeah, and then educationally, go for a de- like decent provider. Um, obviously, there's there's tons of people out there that do it. And I realise that there's like the UK PTs group and all that stuff. They all they just chime in a hell of a lot. But maybe p- somebody you trust in the industry go and you like where they are. Ask literally straight up. Ask them in terms of. I think you said mentoring before, but straight up ask them how did you what did you do to get to where you are. Um, obviously we went we can't really talk about switching careers now because we went no. the very traditional um, academic route right so yeah, I think from I have employed people who have switched careers so um, you remember probably the one of the more successful ones Michal you remember Michal who switched and became an academy coach at Third Space Polish yeah. guy worked in finance got a MBA um um, obviously, he's done his masters. Really nice guy, but then he was like, "Don't want to do this anymore. I want to become a PT." And then he made the transition. He literally just threw himself at it, um, listened, went off and found like he did a lot of uh, Exos work. He did a lot of uh, Gary Gray work. Clung himself onto like Eric Crezzi, um, listened to all that stuff, but could 
but was wise enough to kind of filter it out because he because he was older. Um, and then yeah, he could talk to the people. He was busy, and he ended up moving to. He's gone to Paris now. So um, yeah, I think from that perspective, I think yeah, ask somebody on what education they've done. Also, education that you want to do. Um, there's always first. <laughs> From what I see, there's always a lack of people who can do pre and postnatal. Um, mm-hmm. Being a female, it's so fucking easy to have a client um, in I think that that's demographic. The other thing is, I think the other thing as well, but from my experience, in, in especially in London, again, obviously we don't know where where you're based, um, Laura, or where um, where you're looking to, to set up, but Jesus, like in London, every single gym you go and it's, do you know any good female trainers? Do you know yeah. any good female trainers? Like you're in a really strong position as a, as a female, if you're a good trainer. And again, I, w- I would say I would really wouldn't stress a huge amount about qualifications because I've seen plenty of shit trainers who are in PhDs qualified up to the eyeballs and they're fucking useless. Thanks mate. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, at least you know I was talking about you. Um, and likewise, I've seen a lot of trainers who, who, and again, I, I say this lightly and I say this in air quotes, just have a level three PT who wipe the floor of those people, both in terms of knowledge and application. So it's not always about the qualifications. So my advice would be get your level three, however you feel that you need to do that. Um, and again, I think any of those providers Tom's talked about, and, and I know that um, there'll be some people in the group who'll have their own views probably, the best place to go, is like Tom said, that's once you've, you've, you know, you get rid of your L plates then, but you're still learning the whole time. Like those first two years, you're going to be learning so much, follow the right people, listen to good podcasts, um, if you can find any, um, and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll then develop your knowledge as you go and you will make mistakes. Of course you will. You'll have clients and you'll make mistakes with them and you'll learn as you're on the job, you'll learn as you go. But what you'll find over the first sort of year or two of doing that is that as long as you're personal with these people and you're sociable and you can talk to them. And again, if you're successful in business already, you will have those skills, I'm sure. Um, and you will find it very, very easy to to slot right into that. And, and like I said, I think the age thing is actually something that is works in your favour. But it only works in your favour, in my opinion, if you're one to one and you're in person in a gym. I yeah. don't think you'd get the same benefit from being online. I think you'd just be another number. And dare I say it, younger people are probably a little bit more um, of an attractive option as an online coach um, than someone like yourself potentially. Again, not knowing anything about you, but just that's a huge assumption to make. But I think it is an assumption just because they're going to be on their phone more. They're going to be active more. You're probably going to want to chill out with the family and take some time off. And like, that's, it's just definitely more geared towards what you it sounds like more geared towards one-to-one and, and being that way inclined with, with training, because it sounds like you can, you can offer a lot more from just from a social point of view, I think from, from that rather than, than, than basing yourself online. And that's, I think the online stuff is something you can use to your advantage to get more one-to-one clients and to boost your profile on one-to-one. But uh, I certainly think that the two th- the two things that we've earmarked there as huge things in your favour are the fact you're female and there's no good female trainers around, uh, and your age means that you're really really uh, approachable and relatable to those people who pay for personal training. And also, so if people behind the curtain, two of the last um, trainers that I've employed at the Marlebone uh, space have been female, and their backgrounds have been because they lift. And they know every progression through a squat, a deadlift, and know how to train almost to an athlete level. Um, and that, I don't know, weird, but that was what I was looking for. Um, and not just a classic kind of bodybuilding booty pump kind of thing. Um, and I feel like that sets you apart 
and being able to do that kind of stuff um, was just like, right, this is amazing. You're definitely in. You can sprint train. You can do this stuff. You can work with rugby players. Um, I know you're going to be able to trust me. If you can do that, you can build a booty. You're fine. You kind of have to just chop your knowledge down a little bit. So, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything more to say on that, mate. Switching career. I guess like the, the, it would just be fucking scary more than anything else. Um, realize that there is going to be um, financial implications on that, um, mm. and building your business can be tough. Um, I think. But it, it, it totally depends on situation and where you are. Um, as a fresh PT, I would never, ever recommend a rental model um, going in just because no. you don't have a client base to fall back on and then you're constantly chasing after payments. Um, I would probably um, go towards maybe if you're interested in teaching classes or anything like that, like that's always big, and especially a group, a group like training. I might point you in the way of there. I know there is a listener, um, and Instagram is on point training. If I'm right, that she has also switched careers um, and gone into kind of group X and PT. But I might be wrong with that. Emily, you can shout at me if I'm wrong with that. But that might be a good person to go talk to. Um, yeah. Cool. Strong. Strong, Daniel. Um, nice. We also. So, next topic. And it kind of lays into this one as well, really, because you're going to be wanting to do this anyway, is how to set yourself apart from other PTs. Um, And this was based off what Dan sent me. And if anybody doesn't follow Ben Bruno, go follow him now. Just stop the podcast. Absolutely fine. Um, Yeah, he's... I think he's fucking hilarious most of the time. So he's just really kind of awkward on camera as well, which I quite like. Um, not mm. really, really awkward. We know who he is, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but we can. Uh, yeah, you can go. He always has a stupid like. He wears a hat like Dan. If I'm, I think, I think that's probably why you like him. Because you mean he's cool like me. <laughs> I think you can relate for his hat wearing abilities. Um, we should definitely try and get him on though because he's, he's quite a laugh oh my god can you imagine let's do that let's, 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 let's see do if we, can that. we can come on um, yeah so his it was a tweet right um, so how to set yourself apart from other personal trainers with regard to designing programs number one actually have a program <laughs> <laughs> i.e. a plan instead of just winging it believe me that's fucking correct um, two tailor the program to each client's body and goals not just to how you like to train yep and three that's that's it <laughs> that is literally it that is literally it um, yeah so <laughs> stuff we talk about programming I'm not even too like fussed when people because people go into like obviously enormous depth inside of periodization of programs um, really and that's based off if you're training four or five times a week and you're more probably like me or you, Dan, maybe the more the athletic end of it, um, but your clients, trust me, um, there is one-to-one, there is one person I periodize for, and that is it. And I have mm. about 15, 16 clients. Shoot me down, but yeah, literally that's it. I don't, train, I don't see them enough. I don't train them enough. They don't go to the gym enough. Um, they don't need to. They probably go on holiday far too much anyway. Um, so I don't need to. Absolutely fine. 
Um, and I will actively like tone down a session if we need to. Um, but having a program, absolutely. Whether that program be your assessment notes, notes that you've made on the way through to maybe your point of sale packs, like three free sessions or something like that, or three sessions for like the price of two. Um, that can be notes. That can be weaknesses that you've already done. Performance yeah. indicators, maybe. Maybe just at the end of a session, you threw in, like I was talking today, um, about performance you know, kind of data that we need to like collect. Really simple stuff, like squat to a box, as many as you can do until fatigue sets in. Like, So I made one of the trainers do it today, and she hit 204 <laughs> squats. Fucking long time. Um, but yeah, that's like that's data we can say. And we did 200 last time, right? We're going to do 250, unbroken, go. Right? Yeah. Let's try and do that. That's a plan. Um, but winging it is just—it's just done too easily. Um, yeah, I think it's—I think it's as long as you have some sort of plan. I don't think that's—that's that's what he means, right? Yeah. It's that whole thing of um, the amount of people that go in and just like, right, what am I going to do today? We've seen it, mate. You've seen it. <laughs> Absolutely. You no, know, it's—it's kind of like as long as you go in there and you go, right, they've got this weakness, they've got that problem. We have to make sure we do that. Then it, you're kind of okay. Yeah. Um, like you say, you know their problems and their issues, or what things you want to work on. Um, but oh my god, the things we've seen, mate! Like it's... Well, it's the it's the the telltale is if somebody's got about three or four clients, maybe back to back. God help us! That every client will be doing the same thing, and you're like, wait a minute, this yeah, <laughs> is it? Uh, throw the ball against the wall day. It's definitely med ball slam day, isn't it? Absolutely is. And yeah. you're like, I kind of get it for Metcon, and maybe. Um, if you just want to like the make them sweat component at the end of a of, of a program, but yeah. I'm hoping that they they don't have all the same thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially like, the, like some of the like lifts that like I, yeah I get it. Some people, I mean Doug would slate us like osteopaths. They just